welcome. It's the Patriot Radio News Hour live on this Thursday, July the 20th. It is flying by. It's an incredible thing about Monday. My oldest son starts his final year of high school football practice officially starts for him on Monday, and my wife and I were just, man, it goes by so quick, and it's it's incredible. I mean, oh, I, I don't know how it's all going to work out. It's, it's very stressful. Having kids is very stressful, and you know, you think as the older they get, the less stressed. That's not true. I, I think there's more stress on me and my wife now, and uh, you know, he's 17 going to be 18 this year and you know where are you know how are we going to pay for everything that's really probably the the biggest thing we're worrying about uh but uh yeah getting ready all these kids getting ready to go back to school uh i know it's amazing right uh well at least if you're if you're in a if you're a football player i guess football practice probably starts in the valley here all over the valley uh, on Monday, some schools it'll start the following Monday. It just depends on when your first game is. Uh, of course, all of us now pay for that privilege. Yeah, the tackle football. And actually, at least where my kids go to school, every sport you now pay for. Uh, but that's just kind of how things have changed. We got a lot of ground to cover today. Uh, big news out of China this morning. Big news. Actually, really, all over the globe, out of Japan, out of Europe, uh, all talking about similar things. We're going to break it all down for you. You know, as everybody seems to be paralyzed, this is the word that's being uh, thrown about. We're hearing about the whole country has stopped, and really the whole world. After what we heard out of Japan and out of the ECB this morning, the whole world is kind of stopped. Nobody knows what to do. Uh, trading has dried up everywhere. We talk about how slow it's been here, and it, nobody knows what to do. We're going to add some clarity to that. Our toll-free number is 800-951-0592. You're going to want to call it. Make sure you have it ready. Uh, the website at allamericangold.com. Uh, make it part of your favorite. And, and uh, I know, you know, we, we had to update the site for security reasons and get on the latest platforms, and it looks a little different, and I know that can be hard. Uh, but it's all there, all the news. There's not less news. There's actually more news than ever before, more videos, more articles. matter of fact, I think today Ramon outdid himself. Probably uh, the best. Uh, news day up there in a long time. Make sure you get out there today. So many things that I'm not going to talk about. And that's, I think, what makes the website so great. You know, I'll cover two or three things in a show, but, you know, you got to remember, there's 20 to 30 articles and videos in, in every day. So, so make it part of your favorites. Uh, we are still continuing to try to make it better uh, you still have to click for more news. You've got to click that a couple of different times to get all the news from one day. But we are working on that stuff. I explained that all yesterday. But today's one of those days you're going to want to get out there, uh, take some time, and get educated. It, it, it's, it happens quick. You know, we talk about it all the time. How did it happen? Well, first it happened gradually, and then it happened suddenly. And, and this is exactly 
what's been going on. Uh, the, the first thing happened in Japan. Uh, the Japanese Central Bank came out, and they just gave up. They said, you know what, forget it. We can't get inflation to save our lives. <laughs> now, think about it. Of course, the Japanese Central Bank, uh, their GDP is dying off. Their economy is dying off. Uh, the, the, the debt levels there are enormous, and it's just suffocating them. Uh, then the ECB came out, and Mario Draghi said, hey, forget about rate hikes. Remember, he did, you know what, just like our Federal Reserve did. A month ago, they were all talking about how they were all going to be raising rates. All of them. The Japanese Central Bank, the European Central Bank, our Central Bank, and they all try to sing the same tune like they know what's going on. The, the, the ECB today came out, and Mario Draghi said, you know what, we're actually stopped talking about rate hikes, and now we started talking about more QE again. And it just kind of tells you where where everything is. And this is important. You know, this is a global economy anymore. You know, Wall Street doesn't represent one thing to do with America. When people say the Dow Jones had a record high, that doesn't mean anything for America. It really doesn't. Those companies are multinational. Most of their earnings coming from somewhere else. It really doesn't. Even the S&P 500. Something like 45, approaching 50% of all that revenue coming from somewhere else. Uh, but things are starting, the wagons are starting the circle. And, you know, really when you think about it, hey, listen, it's been 10 years. Right? We're overdue uh, for some form of, uh, I guess, pullback. And now the central banks seem to be caught uh, on the wrong foot again. But even all of that. What, what came out of China's markets today, uh, I think, caught everybody off guard. What are they up to? What have they been doing when no one's paying attention, right? That's really when all the action really happens, right? Everybody's, you know, here anyway, fascinated and fixated on Trump this and Russia that and all this. Dude, none of that stuff matters. It really, as we're, as we're all finding out again, because we're dumb... And, it, and you know what? We, we want to believe that by electing a president, things are going to happen. No. Right? We're finding out Trump doesn't have any power. Congress isn't going to do anything. What were the Chinese up to? And what does it have to do with gold? We're going to talk about that next. Oh, Patriot Radio News Hour on a Thursday. Don't forget, tune in tomorrow. Uh, Fridays are starting to turn back into a really good thing. Uh, got Big Rob coming in, uh, Robert Papino. He's he's fantastic, uh, and I, hopefully we'll get more of him as well. So that's coming up tomorrow. Our lead was like, what did the Chinese do? I'm like, well, you're going to have to wait. <laughs> and then we started talking about how, you know, I used to coach Arlene's son when he was in junior high school. And... The, the the funny thing was we were talking about how her grandsons and my two kids used to terrorize people at these basketball games because they were just running amok out there. And she's like, man, I can't believe Joey's going to be a senior. And I, we, we talk, it's just, man, it flies by. And it really does. And it's, it's you know, I just don't know how people do it. How do you, How can you afford to do it? 
you know, student loans in the last 10 years for college now up 250% in 10 years. <laughs> Why? Because no one can actually afford to pay to send kids to college anymore. But don't worry, there's no inflation. Uh, but here's the big news. So while we've all been distracted, well, we've all been paralyzed. No one's really sure what to do, right? We want to believe the all-time highs on the equity markets, even though, all of, listen, we all know it's way overpriced. And is it justified to be this far overpriced because interest rates, rates are so low? If you turn on the idiot box, that's what they tell you. Hey, it's okay that that we're, we're back to where the dot-com bubble burst but now it's not just, you know, back then, that was just the NASDAQ, right? Today, it's all of them. The Dow, the S&P, the NASDAQ, they're all up there. And their justification for it is, well, because interest rates are this low, it's okay. We don't know. That's just somebody guessing. I like to go with, well, you know what, for over 100-plus years of economic data, it says that it's not. And everybody writes, and you don't know what to do. God, do I buy stocks? I don't know. Right? Most people are like, ah, probably not. And gold, well, gold, it's been okay, but it has been great. And look at it, you know, look at what happened two weeks ago, three weeks ago. It fell. Of course, now it's back again. Gold's up another five bucks again today. $1,246, $1,247. Silver's completely recovered now from its uh, flash crash. $16.37. But, you know, always, and we always talk about it, when we're focused on one thing, right, or focused on a couple of things, right, the thing that really we needed to be aware of was happening somewhere else. Are the Chinese getting ready or getting closer to announcing a new gold-backed currency? That has been the question. If the record amount of gold imports coming into China is an indicator, it may be closer than we ever thought. The Chinese have been importing a lot of gold from a lot of places. Australia reached a new all-time record high in the first quarter of this year, right? So everybody, right, the Dow was rallying, and Trump's going to do this, and Trump's going to do that, and, and we're all hoping and, and wanting to believe, and, and the Federal Reserve's raising rates, and Janet Yellen's talking about all the great jobs and all that stuff. And the Chinese are preparing for something totally different. The first quarter of 2017, Australian gold exports, and Australia a very important country when it comes to gold. There's only a few. China, they're the number one producer. They don't export any gold. Okay, So they, they don't do it. They produce more gold, more gold comes out of the ground there than anywhere else in the world. Then you take South Africa, the United States, and Australia. Between those three other countries and China, that's most of the gold. Imports were up 54%. 
many years ago. So go back to, I guess, the beginning of the, well, it probably wasn't the beginning, right? Right, but let's just say at the heart of the financial crisis. China imported no gold from Australia, none. They just imported in a single quarter 57 and a half, just under 57 and a half metric tons. Now you think about, you know, you do you do zero. Now all of a sudden you're like doing, hey, we're we're from one country we're we're importing 200 metric tons a year. Here's how it breaks down, by the way. China, 57.4 metric tons. This was from Australia. The UK, 7 metric tons. Now, that's kind of surprising, but not. When you think about Brexit, gold has really outperformed in British pounds. Singapore, 2 tons. India, 2 tons. Thailand, 2 tons. And the other 4.5 tons. Now, here's how it goes when you combine Australia in the United States. And this is kind of where things really get interesting. Between the two countries, and I'll start with Australia. 2014, they produced 274 metric tons. The U.S. produced 210 metric ton. Okay, so as you can see, Australia is a larger producer of gold than we are. Australia exported 289 metric tons, which was 15 metric tons more than they produced. Here in the U.S., we exported 500 metric tons or 290 more metric tons than we produced. In 2015, Australia produced 279 metric tons. It exported 282, very much in line, right? So about uh, three tons more than what they produced. The U.S., 214, we exported 494. Another difference of 280 metric tons. And this pattern continued. 2016, Australia, the difference grew to 41 metric tons. And the United States, for the third straight year in a row, was over 200 metric tons. And and you think about this. They went and said, okay, well, you know what? In the United States, we import and export gold. And even when you add in all the gold that we imported on top of all the gold that we mined, we have a net negative. And we've had a net negative now for about the last, well, and I don't know, this chart only goes back for the last six years. But Australia and the United States continue to export the majority of its gold to one place. Hong Kong in China. Of course, Hong Kong is China, but you know that's that's one of those things where you know uh, England gave it back to China, and they 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 still have some 
you know, I, I guess two different things, but this is how it happens. We will import into Hong Kong, and Hong Kong will import it into China. Australia and the United States exported 121 metric tons of gold to China in just the first quarter alone. So you start to think about, hey, if they do that every quarter, and the first quarter is usually a slower quarter, by the way, just so we're being kind by saying let's just multiply it by four. You're talking about 500 metric tons of gold. China produces 500 metric tons. That's 1,000 metric tons of gold. That's over half of the world's mine supply just to one country. And I know, listen, there's a lot of rich people now in China. I get it, right? So some of them are buying it, sure. And we know that the Chinese don't like to tell us how much gold they have. Right? The last time they updated it several years ago, what did they? I think they uh, came in, what, the third largest now as far as what their gold holdings are. And a lot of people think that they're lying, right? Hey, that's not, they actually have a lot more than that. It said that Australia, as we talked about, exported 57.4 metric tons. The U.S., we exported 63.3 metric tons. It says that they received 55% of all U.S. and Australian gold exports. The increase in the exports suggests the Chinese are setting the table for a new gold-backed currency or some type of, I guess, tradable currency. You know, do, do we know what that is going to look like? We don't. We know who's the other one buying a lot of gold. We know the Russians, right? They're, they don't buy as much as the Chinese, but it's close. And you think between what Russia and China and India are doing, you're, you're looking at pretty much all of the mine supply in the entire world going to those three countries. In order for them to uh, unveil some form of gold-backed currency, China needs to acquire as much gold as it can before the global currency resets. Listen, this is kind of... Uh, what we've been talking about. China got put into the IMF, right? Got named a reserve currency for a reason. Right? Technically, by law, they did not meet the requirements. They should not have been allowed reserve currency status. But they gave it to them anyway because they're getting ready, right? And we talk about it all the time. The, uh, the, The arrival of Bitcoin... Uh, Ethereum, you know what? One of these things, and I'll, and I'll, I'll ask uh, Big Rob to get on. He's an he's an expert on this stuff. Uh, we'll see it. I'll talk to him tomorrow. Maybe he can do an extra show next week and just explain the whole digital currency system to us. But this is what's coming next. And now the the and it just seems like man that fits. The Chinese are going to be a major player when it comes to what the next currency of the world is going to be. Re- 
record amounts of gold now being imported uh, by the Chinese. And let's face it, they've been importing record amounts of gold for about 10 years, right? And it's fluctuated here and there. But it seems like in the last year and a half, and really since 2015, it's really gone on on hyperdrive. And according to, uh, all, by the way, this is on our website. Uh, SRS Rocco is the guy that does it. He does a great job, too, by the way. Uh, but if you go out to allamericangold.com, you can read it all for yourself. And you start really putting the pieces to the puzzle together, and it really starts to make sense. Right? And then today, you think about all the news we had. Uh, the Japanese essentially just gave up. Yeah, we're never raising rates. Right? The, the the Japanese 10-year note will never yield anything ever again. And then the ECB followed suit and said, hey, listen, we're now talking about more QE. How far behind is our central bank? Patriot Radio News Hour. We'll be back after the break. This is the Phyllis Schlafly Report. A daily look at the significant issues of our time from an experienced conservative perspective. Sponsored by Phyllis Schlafly Eagles, this broadcast continues the legacy of Phyllis Schlafly and stands against forces that mock traditional values, slander America, and redefine the family. Now, from the Phyllis Schlafly Center Studios, here's Ryan Haidt. An important reason why Phyllis Schlafly enthusiastically supported Donald Trump for president was because, in her words, he has fight in him. Nearly every day he proves that to be true, most recently with his tweets in support of his temporary travel ban. After the press criticized Trump for some early morning tweets in support of his travel ban, by evening he demonstrated that he was undeterred by comments from the peanut gallery. He came out swinging with another tweet, saying, That's right, we need a travel ban for certain dangerous countries, not some politically correct term that won't help us protect our people. How refreshing to have a president who doesn't kowtow to the liberal media and the D.C. establishment who think they run our country. Trump is fighting to win on his travel ban and on many other issues near and dear to the hearts of average Americans. The storyline from the media is that President Trump's most recent tweets will hurt his court case, which reached the U.S. Supreme Court with an expedited briefing schedule. Even his supporters think Trump's out-of-court statements via Twitter will be considered by the Supreme Court justices. As statements out of court, Trump's tweets to the American people would not be admissible on appeal under traditional rules of evidence. The Supreme Court does not ordinarily hear testimony, and it should not allow the proceeding to be distorted by the introduction of numerous out-of-court statements through legal papers. Opponents of the travel ban have bragged about using Trump's statements against him in court. Trump should call their bluff and offer to testify before the Supreme Court to explain fully how necessary his travel ban is to protect the American people against a replay of what's happening in London. The Supreme Court, of course, would decline Trump's offer. It should also decline to base its decision on snippets quoted without telling the full story. At least seven dead and 48 wounded in terror attack and mayor of London says there's no reason to be alarmed, Trump said of the recent massacre in London. Don't expect the adversaries of Trump to emphasize that quotation in court. This has been the Phyllis Schlafly Report from Phyllis Schlafly Eagles. The hypocrisy and lies of the liberal media are alarming and even incite public unrest. 
But the fake news and the commentators whose slant coverage are finally being exposed. At phyllisschlafly.com, we promise to provide timely alerts and take effective action on your behalf. That's phyllisschlafly.com. Thanks for listening, and join us next time for the Phyllis Schlafly Report. If you couldn't make it with your own two hands, he was backwards, backwards. Welcome back, 800-951-0592. Just so you know, the second country that gets exports, Switzerland, at least from the U.S. So the U.S., almost 90% of all United States, by the way, the U.S. has now been exporting more gold. Well, twice as much as it mines. But the United States also imports about that much. So they import between what they mine and what we import. You get a little over 400 metric tons. But we've been exporting 500 metric tons. So, so you can you know do the simple math. That, that's a deficit. The world's Gold supply is actually getting smaller. Uh, but it is no surprise. And, and, you know, Switzerland speaks for itself. Yes, it's not as private. Let me tell you, right, it's not as private as it used to be. But old habits die hard. You know, speaking of private, you know, the world's central banks, these are private institutions. They shouldn't be. They, they, they're nothing more than criminal organizations. When we talk about the banking industry, you know, they operate on the big, right? <laughs> right? They're loan sharks, legalized loan sharks. If it feels like your savings account is only earning you pennies, you're probably right. The Federal Reserve, which announced another rate hike in June, And as the third rate hike since the fourth quarter of 2015, banks have raised rates on credit card fees by 53 basis points, you know. And and really, you know what, I'm sure in the next 90 days they'll get another, they'll get the other 25 basis points. Don't worry, they'll get it. Well... Not raising a single cent, not a not a tenth of a percent, not a hundredth of a percent, not a thousandth of a percent. The rate they give to your savings account. Think about that for a minute. Here they are, jack up the fees for everything you do, and you know, well, you know, the Federal Reserve raised rates. And at the same time, not paying you a, not even, nothing. They've given you zero. And, of course, who's behind it all? The central bank. These, these, you know, and they came out and you saw all of their earnings. And, of course, everyone's worried because nobody's doing any trading. But a huge amount of all of the bank earnings now are coming from the fees that they charge their customers. Ramon, do we have that clip ready? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Here's this clip. This was this morning on the Idiot Box. 
talking about how the banks are making their money. And listen, it's only really when you combine two things, fees and, oh, by the way, the Federal Reserve also still pays us not to lend money. You get over well over half of all the bank's income comes from just those two things. Ramon, let's play that clip. This is a really amazing story because the banks are reporting their numbers here. We've got this boring line called non-interest income. It's a term for fees that banks charge their customers, both for businesses and consumers. But it's a business that's just growing like mad. So for some of the large regional banks, it's already close to 40% of their income. Look at these numbers here. Some growth in the fee revenue stem simply because the customer accounts are growing. So that makes sense. But banks have been pushing up what they charge for fees for years. So these fees come in all shapes and sizes, but if you're a consumer, you know what they're like. Transaction fees, insufficient fund fees, and inactivity fees, and credit card fees, fees for deposit slips even. Just look at two of the most typical ones. A lot of complaints about overdraft fees, for example. Bankrate.com says the average overdraft fee for a checking account was $33.04 in 2016. That's actually down from 2015, but before that, it had increased for 17 straight years. Now, that adds up to a lot of profits for the banks. So J.P. Morgan, for example, made $1.9 billion from overdraft charges last year. Wells made $1.8 billion. This despite the fact that, by law, bank customers must choose to opt into ATM overdrafts. And then there's ATM fees, another one. Fees are high, particularly if you're taking money out of a bank that's not your own or out of your own network. So Bankrate.com found that the average withdrawal fee for a non-customer bank, $2.90. Your own bank, on top of that, charged an average of $1.67 more. So that's a 2% increase from 2015. You put it all together, the average fee for withdrawing from a non-customer bank was $4.57. That's a record high for the 10th consecutive year. Some, of course, do get those fees waived, but you get the message here. Is there any limit to how high they can go? There isn't. It doesn't appear to be. Despite the existence of the Consumer Finance Protection Bureau, here's a fun fact. There is no regulatory limit on what banks can charge for service fees on deposit accounts. So, guys, yes. if I want to take out $20 <laughs> from the bank and a bank wants to charge me a $20 withdrawal fee, there is no legal regulation that would prevent but them from doing that. But there could be. It doesn't take much for them to go out there, say they shouldn't be allowed to do this, right. get people behind them. Well, there's clearly down. reputational risk, and you, there have been attempts for lawsuits saying that these are unfair practices. Now, I should say, for credit cards, there are some restrictions on the kind of fees they can charge for credit cards. But just an ordinary bank account, Account, basically, they can charge whatever fee the market bears like right the now. Like the airlines. Like the air, I was just going to say. Exactly. <laughs> just like the airlines. Exactly. Another thing. 17 straight years of overdraft increase fees. 10 straight years of fees at the ATM. There are no limits. 40% of bank income now is on fees that they charge you and I. And it's not even our money anymore. And you start to think about it, and they sit there and they tell you all this bull crap about inflation. Why not? Why don't you just go to the bank? They'll tell you how much inflation there is because they're whacking the dog snot out of us. They just raised the fees that they're going to collect on credit cards and didn't give you a single cent to a single saver. There are no limits. And listen, they're getting ready, right? They're they're circling the wagons. They want to get rid of cash because it's going to unfetter it even more. Think about it. Right? There's nothing to stop them from 
oh, well, now we're going to charge you for using your own bank's ATM. That's coming. As soon as you as soon as you have no other way to access your money, that's coming. You know, when you start thinking about all of these little things that they've been doing, and you think about how now they charge to put cash in the bank. I get charged every month. People come in here and pay me with cash. We put the cash in the bank. Yeah, I, they, they charge me money to put cash in the bank. You go to your bank and you want them to cast a check and they don't want to do it, they'll charge you to do it. I know this because it happened to one of my customers. Patriot Radio News Hour. We'll be back after the break. Hundred nine five one zero five nine two U.S. five dollar liberties in Indians. I've got fifty of each. In uh, Indians, boy, it's been a while for for us on on Indians. U.S. five dollar liberties. They're three hundred and fifty dollars today. Uh, gold and gold's up again. Gold's up another five bucks again this morning. U.S. five dollar liberties three fifty. U.S. five dollar Indians. Uh, now all of you know, and I've said this a million times. By far my favorite coin. Five dollar Indians, my favorite coin. It, it is the male version uh, of the Indians, right? The, the ten dollars, the female version. The five dollar and the two and a half also is the male version. Uh, the the five dollar Indian. It's got the uh, the Indian war chief. The 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 face. His face with uh, uh, his feathers in. It's not the war set. The war feathers, but he's got some feathers in there. Uh, it's an incused design. The only coin uh, in the United States history of minting where they actually carved into the coin. Uh, this one. Those are at three hundred and ninety. So U.S. $5 liberties are at 350 by the way, the same amount of gold, right? The Indian uh, at 390 uh, and really simply put, because they made a whole lot less of them. Matter of fact, and this is, my uncle will, will swear to this, that the Indian, when the, the phrase, don't put that in your mouth, you don't know where it's been, came from that coin. They believed uh, because of that incused design, where they had actually engraved into the coin that it carried the plague. And when you look at the minting history, uh, the United States, they actually stopped minting the coin for about five years, from after 1919, because of that. And, and so uh, just a little history there on the... U.S. five dollar liberties, uh, they're three fifty. The five dollar Indian at three ninety. If you buy one of each at seven forty, you can do whatever, mix them, match them, whatever you'd like to do. I've got fifty of each at eight hundred nine five one zero five nine two. That is our toll free number. Mayors and lawmakers. That's another thing that I've been warning you about. Stung by rising pension costs for police, firefighters, teachers, you name it, are calling for more changes 
to the financially troubled public safety personal retirement system. This is right here in the state of Arizona, and it really doesn't matter. Substitute your state, substitute the cities I give with cities in your state, and you get the same thing. Prescott's mayor, Harry Oberg, he's going to host the mayoral uh, summit on Friday. All the mayors are getting together. He and at least 18 other mayors have publicly called for Governor Doug Ducey to use his political muscle to help fix the battered pension system they are saying saying that are putting cities on the verge of bankruptcy. And again, this is Arizona. And you start thinking about what's really happening. No one wants to talk. Wall Street doesn't care. Right? You think Apple cares about pensions? They don't. Right? Google, they don't care. It said that here's what's happening. We know that the state has decided, hey, we're just not going to pay the pensions. Right? That's how they balance their budget. But the governor, now now they're lobbying the governor to let the mayors of, of all of these cities do the same thing. Bisbee's mayor. He signed a letter, his southern Arizona town being crippled by pension payments, noting that 22% of the town's budget goes just to cover public safety retirement costs, right? Cops. That doesn't count all the other stuff. People don't get the big picture, he said. It doesn't affect me, they think, but it does. Arizona, uh, if Bisbee, Arizona has to file Chapter 9 bankruptcy, he says that we owe $17 million in unfunded liabilities, and for Bisbee, that's probably, I don't even know how many years of revenue that would be. That money doesn't get to go away in bankruptcy. It's kind of like student loan debt, right? <laughs> You file, listen, these pension laws are incredible. Arizona, we actually passed a law, and it wasn't going to fix it, but it's going to try to, you know, at least make it appear a little better. It got overturned. That money doesn't go away in bankruptcy. It's going to be divided up and paid for by other cities. This is what Bisbee said, hey, listen, we can't pay for it. <laughs> really, what he means to say is, hey, Arizona, all you taxpayers, you're going to have to pay for it. Uh, and they just go on and they talk about all of these cities in the state of Arizona and how much money there's being spent on their pension system. It says the average annual pension in Arizona, $52,344. Bucks. The average age, 52. Yeah, think about that, right? Uh, and then they go on, and obviously we know about all these people that make you know over a hundred thousand and all of this or that. But just think, the average guy retired fifty-two thousand dollars for life. Prescott officials say that more than twenty percent of its budget goes to just retired police and firefighters. The city is asking voters to approve a sales tax increase to help try to pay down some of the debt. Here it comes.
right? And it really doesn't matter what state you're in, what city you're in. These things are just not payable. Patriot Radio News Hour, final segment coming up. Final segment, Patriot Radio News Hour, and I need to uh, give, be a little more accurate here. The U.S., the, the $5 India. So today's special, right, we're running the $5 Liberties at three fifty. the $5 Indians we're running at three ninety. And, you know, the $5, Indi- or the $5 Liberties, these are going to be from 1866 all the way to 1907. And when the St. Gauden series came along, right, the, the, they, the Indians were going to replace the fractional liberties. So you had the $20 Saint and then the Indians, the $10 Indian, $5 Indian, the $2.5 Indian. But because of that in Q's design, they minted the $5 Indian from 1908, I thought it was 1919, it's actually 1916 and didn't mint another one until 1929. And the mintage, there was only two years that they minted more than a million uh, of the $5 Indians, and a lot of those ended up getting melted down. So that's why they're they're more expensive. There's just a lot less of them. Uh, but today's special, again, the U.S. $5 Liberties, these are the gold pieces. Uh, the old quarter ounce fractional uh, at three fifty, the five dollar Indian, right? The coin that carried the plague. Uh, they're at three hundred and ninety, at eight hundred nine five one zero five nine two. By the way, sad day in Indianapolis as Carrier Corporation has officially begun uh, those job cuts. Remember. You know, we played that clip where they gathered all of their employees in Indianapolis and told them, uh, "Yeah, your 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 jobs are gone. Uh, we're moving the plant to Mexico, and Trump was going to save them, and all that stuff." It didn't happen. Uh, and remember, uh, the people were angry, and they got told to pipe down, pipe down. People want to hear what I have to say. Uh, Three hundred employees will leave this week. Uh, a total of 600 jobs are going to be eliminated in the next, it looks like, 60 days. Uh, and then uh, we'll see about what the rest of the cuts are going to be. But apparently uh, the first of these announcements, they're going to re- relocate the production of fan coils. Uh, and the first of the 600 people were let go today or this week. Uh, the remaining uh, 300 people, I guess, are going to be done in the next, I don't know, 60 to 90 days. Uh, but our hearts go out to uh, more lost jobs here in the U.S. Uh, in Indianapolis. Uh, if you joined us late, the big news today, we got a big update from just how much gold the Chinese are importing. New all-time record highs in the first quarter as we've all been distracted. We've all been paralyzed by it. Uh, then the other big news of the day came out of the ECB, uh, which said, hey, forget it. You know, I know we were talking tough. Now we're looking at expanding and extending quantitative easing. Uh, the Japanese central bank also came out and said, yeah, inflation may be done forever here. Uh, we're in a deflationary spiral. 
uh, may, I don't know for, I mean, it's already been how many years already. Uh, and you can kind of imagine what's coming here, right? Because we're, we're on that same debt pattern. Uh, 800-951-0592. That is our toll-free number. We got Big Rob in tomorrow. Should be a great show. Everybody have a great rest of your Thursday.